Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. Welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. I'm your host, Austin Wittenberg, joined again by Wendy McConnell. Thanks for joining, Wendy. Thank you for having me. Wendy's going to make sure I stay on track today and don't get don't get sidetracked. So, well, I'll also try not to sidetrack you. <laughs> well, no questions are good, and that's the point of you know. So, I guess I should say this is the last episode in the series we've been doing, which is questions you've been afraid to ask. Today's going to be bond heavy. To know it's not the sexiest topic, but it's really important. So any questions you have are questions, again, that people out there probably are afraid to ask. So glad you're asking them. Okay. Okay. So we'll hop right into this. We've been talking about bonds a lot throughout the history of this podcast, you know, as part of an asset allocation for people, something they should be investing in. But uh, there's so many different types of bonds. So the first question is, what's the difference between all these different types of bonds. So I'm going to run through sort of the four or five main bond categories just to give people a quick understanding of what it is they're investing in. So the first of those would be a corporate bond. Now, somewhat self-explanatory there, corporate bonds are issued by companies. Companies need money to buy new equipment or to do whatever, you know, research, invest in whatever they may do. So they will issue bonds to the marketplace instead of stock. So with a bond, as we discussed last time, when you when you have a bond, you're lending either the government or these companies money. So rather than giving away ownership in their company, they would rather you just loan them money and they will pay you back. So that's a corporate bond. And corporate bonds really, and really all bonds in general, I think are separated into two subcategories. The first being investment grade, the second being high yield. So investment grade bonds are issued by stronger Companies that have been around for a long time, we have a lot of confidence in, and typically with investment grade bonds, they don't have to pay as high of a rate back to the to the bondholder as those high yield bonds. So newer companies or companies who are maybe not as stable or secure issue what are called high yield bonds that pay a higher interest rate back to someone because you're taking more risk because that company, if the company goes out of business, you may or may not get all of your money back. So they're paying you a little bit extra to hold their bond because they are a riskier company. So that's corporate bonds. The okay. second type of bond is a municipal bond, or you may heard of these as muni bonds. Muni bonds are issued by states, cities, or counties, or other types of government entities that aren't the federal government to raise money. Again, they may be paying for raising their the cities or counties whoever may be raising money to maintain roads sewers build a new school build a new highway those types of projects build a new right? stadium stadium yes that's the one that i'm not sure i can get behind when the billionaires are asking for the tax money right but it happens certainly and there are benefits to your city if you have a stadium certainly so you know it goes both ways for sure but yes when they're talking about hey 
we want to build a new, and this is happening in Las Vegas right now with the baseball stadium happening all over the place with football stadiums, right? Who should pay? That's what these types of bonds are used for. Now, one of the major benefits to municipal bonds is for the most part, not all of them are this way, but for the most part, they are tax-free. So with traditional bond, any type of bond, when you collect that interest payment back, you know, again, if a bond is paying 5%, you collect your 5%, you have to pay tax on that. With municipal bonds, typically that is not taxed. So you're paying, now they may pay a little bit of a lower interest rate to try to, you know, they don't have to pay as much because you don't have to pay taxes. So your net ends up being a little more, but that's one of the nice things about most municipal bonds. Municipal bonds can also be broken down into subcategories. One is called a revenue bond and the other is a general obligation bond. So a revenue bond is going to be backed by the revenue from a project. So highway tolls are a good example of a revenue bond backed by the revenues from the tolls. The the general obligation bond is just backed by the full faith and credit of that city or county because they can, if necessary, raise taxes inside their community, right? The county, city, however, whoever's issuing the bond to pay back the bond. So you hope it doesn't get to that point, but they're saying, hey, there's no collateral behind this bond that we're issuing, but if we need to, we'll raise taxes to pay you back. So, so it's kind of worse comes to worse. We're going to charge you so we can pay you back. Yeah. <laughs> Similar to, and this, you know, so this applies, we'll move on to the next type of bond, which we've talked about a lot here, which is U.S. Treasuries. U.S. Treasuries are backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. Now, again, I often joke, well, yeah, if they don't have the money to pay back, these are the people that can print the money, right? <laughs> so a county or a city, they can't print their own currency to pay you back. So they have to raise taxes. The U.S. government, if they run out of money, as we've seen, they just print more. Yeah. Now, is that good or bad? I think we're sort of seeing how that's playing out, but they could, they'll at least get you your money back. It might inflation may be a result, but you know, you'll get your money back. So, well, and I wonder, Austin, um, you know, you might be too young for this, but my generation, Gen X, a lot of times we got U.S. savings bonds for Christmas and birthdays yep. from like grandparents and aunts and uncles and stuff like that. Is that something that typically still happens or? That does still happen. If you have some you've been sitting on, you should look at them because this is a little side tip for the people here. If your bond has, if that savings bond you got as a kid has reached its maturity, they stop paying you your interest. So you want to make sure you go redeem them. We've had oh. clients who were sitting on them that they had reached their full maturity. So they were no longer earning on those and it was just sitting there. So if you have some of those, it's worth going to look at the date. On them, but those those still do happen, and we've seen that a lot recently because interest rates got so high. There was these Series I bonds that were being issued as well that sort of fits in that same sort of category as those savings bonds. And yes, that's backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, which historically and even today is still seen as the safest bet, right? As it comes to governments, it may not be the shining star best thing, but it's this of all the things out there still the safest bet. Right. And so with treasuries, we've been, there's, a, those are also again, broken into categories. You have treasury bills or T bills would be the word you may hear on the news or something that are one year or less. You have treasury notes, which are 
somewhere in between that sort of one to 10, you know, longer than one year, less than 10 years. And then you have treasury bonds, which are 20 to 30 years long. So you're making a, and historically speaking, the longer you go out, the higher the rate that you receive. Um, and then the last type of treasury bond that's not used as much, but is out there is what's called a treasury inflation, inflation protected security or tip. Again, that tips is sort of what you may hear on the news or read about. Um, and those are bonds who their principal value, their value of those bonds change based on what's happening with inflation. So those, because of 2022 and inflation being as high, those did sort of come back into favor for a little bit, but not something we see a ton of, but they are out there. So those are all the different types of bonds that you can buy. Now, buying a bond sounds simple, but there's a lot of moving pieces to that. So we're going to talk about some bond terms. So the next question that people ask is, what does this blank term mean about bonds? So some of those may be the issuer, the par value, the coupon rate, and the maturity. So issuer and maturity, we'll get to those. Those are somewhat self-explanatory. The issuer is you know, the, the government or the company who issues that. The par value, that's the money that you will be returned at that bond's maturity date. So at the end of that bond, whether it's a one year, 10, two, however long you signed up for this bond, the par value is what you are going to receive back. And most of the time, when a new bond is issued, it's issued at par value. And traditionally, the par value for one bond is $1,000. So if you bought a bond at par value, you would pay $1,000 for that bond. And it would, at the end of the term, you would get your $1,000 back. And they sort of go in increments of 1000 like that. So where's the benefit? <laughs> so... The okay. benefit is the coupon rate, right? So that's the par value. The coupon rate is the interest rate that the bond pays per year. Okay. That could be three, five, 10, whatever that rate may be, right? That's the benefit. So you show up, you you get a new issued bond for $1,000. You get 5% on that bond in this hypothetical example. So you collect your 50 bucks every year. And then at the end of that time, you get your $1,000 back, gotcha. right? Again, different than stocks where with the stock, even if the stock is paying, you know, the so coupon rate is what they refer to in bonds. Dividend rate would be what we refer to in stocks, right? So you buy a stock and it's paying a dividend, but you're not guaranteed to get the value of this. Whatever you paid for the stock, that could go up or down or sideways, right? But you, so you get the income, but you don't necessarily get your money back. Whereas here with the bond, you get, and I shouldn't say get your money back. You get your par value back because mm -hmm. there's the, so that's the, the benefit is that coupon rate that sets out. Here's what your interest rate is. And again, that rate, we, as we talked about, you know, investment grade or high yield, that's sort of what sets the rate. So you look in the market, here's where rates are, the higher the rate we like, but again, you're potentially taking some more risk with, with that. So Austin, does it have to be this complicated? <laughs> that's I that's why we're doing this, right? Okay. Exactly. Because when you're hearing or reading or talking, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. And I want to make sure, yes, it, it it so does it have to be this complicated? Probably not. 
but it's just, this is how they work. Right. Okay. And so it's important to know what people are talking about and what, you know, many people own bonds inside of their retirement accounts. And it's important to know how they work and bonds are traditionally viewed as a safer investment option. Right. But they're still, even though it's viewed as safer, the reason they're viewed as safer back to that par value and coupon, right? The reason they're viewed as safer is because you're going to get your par value back at the end, right? In most cases. Now, again, if a company goes bankrupt, then you may or may not. But if it's a treasury bill, for example, you're going to get that par value at the end. But in the meantime, all these different things are still happening and moving and changing. And that's maybe the most, so, well, real quick. So the maturity, like I said, is self-explanatory. This is how long a 10, one, 10, five, 20. I don't know why I keep going out of order there, but that's how long you're buying that bond for. And you'll pay a price. Like I mentioned, a new issue is typically issued at par, but if you're not buying a new issue, you're paying a certain price, either more or less than what it was issued at, depending on how interest rates move. And that's the most important. And the last question is, what is a bond yield? The most important of all of these things. So that was sort of laying the stage. Let me simplify it for you here a little. Yield, the bond yield really ends up being the most important piece of all of that. So all of those factors we just talked about all get summarized in here's what the yield is. So your bond yield is the return that you expect to get when your bond matures. So like I said, if you just using the hypothetical example here, so if a bond, well, a bond's yield is found by dividing the interest that it's paying, the coupon pay, coupon rate by its current price. So at a new issue, when you buy a bond, just to keep the number simple, and it's paying a 10% coupon rate, and its original price is that par value of $1,000, your bond yield would be 10%. But almost immediately after it's issued, the market, interest rates, and other things are going to change, and the value, the price of that bond is going to change. So if we fast forward a year, now that bond, you if you wanted to buy that same bond, you'd have to pay $1,075 for that bond but you're still just getting a 10% coupon rate, your yield has now gone down to 9.3. So if you bought it originally, you were getting 10, the price went up. Now you're trying to buy it later. The, the yield has gone down because the price has gone up. So yields and prices are Opposite. inversely related. They move in, in different directions. And so yield is what you're going to hear most common on social media or in the news, because they're going to be talking about something that's called the yield curve. And the yield curve is just a chart that shows for each length of bond, here's what the interest rate is that a one-year bond is paying this and a three-year bond is paying this and a five-year bond is paying this. And that's what a lot of people use to look at the health of the economy. If the yield curve looks normal. Again, normal being the longer you go, the higher you get paid, the more you get paid. That typically shows a stronger, healthy economy. You do have times, and we're actually living in a time like this, where short-term rates 
these one, two, three year rates are actually higher than the longer term rate. So you get paid more to buy a one year treasury today than you do to buy a 30 year. And that's typically a sign of a less healthy sort of riskier economy because you're having to get paid more just to buy a shorter term bond. So the government's got to pay you more money today because we're all feeling a little dicey about how the economy feels, right? So that yield curve, again, is a really important thing to understand, at least so that you know, hey, when a a normal yield curve looks like a, you know, sort of a straight line up from the bottom left to the top right, but that those things move around. And there's not just, I should say, the typical yield curve you will see will be for U.S. treasuries. That's what, again, they're using to base this strength of the economy on, right, is that. But every bond or every type of bond sort of has their own yield curve. Because as I mentioned, we got high yield and investment grade and all these other different types of bonds. So just because it's paying a higher yield, right, doesn't mean it's necessarily better most likely the higher the yielding, the more risk that you're taking, right? In, in, in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. So I started rambling a little bit there, but did yield help simplify all of that? And and why focusing on what the yield is, is really the most important piece of this? Yeah. Yeah. Don't ask me to, to, to put it back <laughs> to you, but my goodness, it, there's just a lot of moving pieces, like you say. So, but yes. we want the yield to be the higher the yield of the riskier it is, but the more that it pays. <laughs> yes. Yep. So there's, like I said, that that's a good summation there. And depending on the type of bond, right. The, t- the yield that you should be getting may be different, but in general, well, just know if you're buying a bond, you take the coupon rate, they tell you, plus what you're paying, that's the rate of return you're going to get. Okay. Right. So that's how you can know, Hey, if I buy this bond, and it's not a new issue. Here's how I know how much return I'm actually going to get. And how does that compare to whatever other types of investment options may be out there? I like a good coupon for sure. Yes. Collect that. You know, just check showing up in the mail. We'll take that all day long. Absolutely. So I hope this wasn't too complicated. But if you have questions about your bonds or bonds in general, how they work, please feel free to reach out to us. You can check out our website at wittenbergwealth.com or you can text me 801-839-7056. And please remember to subscribe to the Wealth of Insight podcast and share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.